Coronavirus is spreading inside the upper levels of the Trump administration. Little Richard is gone, but he lives on in our 90s kids' hearts forever. And BuzzFeed News disinformation reporter Jane Litvinenko breaks down what the hell was up with that pandemic video everyone was sharing. The date, May 11th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hello, friends. I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to News O'Clock. Welcome back from weekend times. Did your mom wave to you from outside for Mother's Day? Oh, no. She very firmly requested that we come over. So she set up the backyard. Uh, We were all six feet apart. And my dad made pizza. And we just did that for an hour or two in the backyard, which was nice. And then we wore masks and everything. And the window was open. And I spent like... 20 minutes yelling into the house to try and get one of the cats to come over to say hi because I haven't I haven't seen the cats in two to three months and it's making me really sad oh they haven't forgotten you though well it's a cat maybe it's forgotten you I well what it what if they do <laughs> yeah it's, it's a strong possibility I'm not going to lie to you right now yeah, my Mother's Day called up my mom. She's uh, in Michigan right now. And in her honor, I uh, we had French toast for breakfast. And it's one of my earliest memories mm. is being about like three or so when she was pregnant with my uh, younger sister. And I remember she was eating French toast on the couch and I begged her for some little baby bird style mouth open. And she insisted, no, no, this is for the baby. And I was like, no, don't care. Ah, <laughs> give me. And I remember like, eating that French toast so clearly. So that's what we had for Mother's Day here in our New York apartment in her honor. That image is going to be burned into my mind forever now. (laughs) I love it, though. Uh, I'll send you a baby picture of me later. I was very cute at the time. Oh, I want to see. Okay, it's time for the Corona update. And here are two big things you need to know today. One, Concern about the coronavirus spreading in the upper levels of the Trump administration is growing after top aide to Vice President Pence tested positive last week. Dr. Anthony Fauci and the director of the CDC are both self-isolating as a precaution. For a minute, it seemed like Pence might be as well, but his office told CNN that, nope, he's going to work on Monday. Meanwhile, the Air Force general in charge of National Guard tested positive for COVID-19 over the weekend, while the chief of naval operations is self-quarantining as a precaution after coming in contact with a family member who has contracted the virus. So the guy who runs the National Guard, he only learned he was positive when he was tested at the White House ahead of a World War II veterans event with a bunch of really old dudes and no face masks still at the White House. Okay, well, the good news is that the White House on Monday afternoon finally announced that West Wing staff members have to wear masks at all times in the building except at their own desks. The bad news, though, is that the president and vice president are apparently exempt, as was seen at a press conference held in the Rose Garden later this afternoon. The president, though, is reportedly worried that news of cases popping up at the White House might undercut his message that it's safe to reopen businesses around the country. Trump, though, tweeted this morning, coronavirus numbers looking much better, going down almost everywhere. Big progress being made. It's just so frustrating. I mean, it truly is like, you know, when, you know, you're told when like you're a parent, like act how you want your children to act because they're looking up to you and stuff like that. Well, he's the literal president. It's the White House. And if they're not wearing masks, you know, other people out there are like, okay, well, if the president's not wearing a mask, then I probably don't need to either, which is uh, not great for anyone. Anyone, especially since states are all about the reopening these days, which actually segues very nicely into point number two. 
Countries around the world are starting to relax their coronavirus lockdowns and finding that it's not exactly going smoothly. South Korea has been, you know, heralded as one of the few countries to actually tackle the virus well. This weekend, though, a number of new cases popped up after spreading through the Itaewon nightclub district. At least 54 cases have been connected to one dude who tested positive after visiting five dance clubs in one night. And in Germany, the rate of transmission spiked in several counties, prompting concerns that the slow opening of businesses happening there could have been too soon. The United Kingdom announced this weekend that they'd be keeping their lockdown in place, but with a few changes that will let people get outside more, including for sunbathing, of all things. You know, sunbathing. Huge thing in Britain. They love it there. Meanwhile, Russia has seen a surge in coronavirus cases, but is still lifting the national lockdown. President Vladimir Putin will instead be turning the decision on how to handle the crisis over to regional governments that still have to answer to him in the long run. I mean, this is, you know, not fun to see all of these like numbers and how it's the virus is still coming back and stuff like that. But also kind of good to see because now it's like, you know what not to do. You'd think that after seeing like an Italy happen, a whole ass head of the United States, we'd be like, let's not do that. But here we go. (laughs) All right. It's time for today's good news, bad news. This is where I bring you some of the most aww and some of the most aww man stories from around the internet. Good news, Jill Scott and Erica Badu gave us chill vibes we desperately needed over the weekend. They were a part of the latest installment of Swizz Beats and Timbaland's Versus series, which had been criticized for a lack of women artists. And of course, it ran late because of Erica. If you don't know, she tends to run late to her concerts. You know what? She can do what she wants. She absolutely can. (laughs) So when things finally started, it was less of a battle and more of just this awesome listening session, which people loved. It went a total of 19 rounds of them just playing hits back and forth and just generally enjoying hanging out with each other. And over 700,000 people tuned in, including Michelle Obama. It took over my timeline this weekend. And I got to say, I haven't seen that many happy tweets in a row in such a long time. Like, bless these two (laughs) for not even trying to like duke it out like my hit versus yours who won they're like whatever and i love that the rules say you can only play a clip of your song jill scott was like fuck that i'm just playing the entire song through (laughs) and everyone was fine with it oh well listen i love that because it's just like first of all i just don't like when women are pitted up against each other even if this is the whole point of the show i still don't care for it so it was like really awesome to just like have two extremely talented musicians just play their music for people to enjoy, especially since who knows when we're going to get concerts back ever. Oh, wait, but one one last thing, though. I, I, I agree with you, except I do kind of want to see some chaos. So my suggestion, Remy Ba <laughs> versus Nicki Minaj, let the chaos ensue. <laughs> okay, yes, there will be chaos there. <laughs> it will be enjoyable. <laughs> All right, on to the bad news. Allison Roman went in on Marie Kondo and Chrissy Teigen in an interview, and now... Absolutely no one is the winner except maybe Marie Kondo, who stayed the hell out of the drama. Basically, a bunch of Allison Roman's recipes for the New York Times have gone viral over the last years. They've taken over Instagram. A lot of people have been cooking them during quarantine. And in an interview with the new consumer, she got into a bit of trouble for naming names when talking about her fears of selling out. 
She said, like the idea when Marie Kondo decided to capitalize on her fame and make stuff that you can buy. That is completely antithetical to everything she's ever taught you. I'm like, damn, bitch, you fucking just sold out immediately. Someone's like, you should make stuff. And she's like, "Okay, slap my name on it. I don't give a shit. And then she said, like what Chrissy Teigen has done is so crazy to me. She had a successful cookbook and then it was like, boom, line at Target. Boom. Now she has an Instagram page that has over a million followers where it's just like people running a content farm for her. That horrifies me. And it's not something that I ever want to do. I don't aspire to that. But like, who's laughing now? Because she's making a ton of fucking money. Woo. That's a lot for her to say about two women of color who were just trying to make a living. Mm. So first off, people were pretty offended at her coming from Marie Kondo, wondering why she had to put down a woman of color like that and then add on Chrissy. And that's two Asian women who she's put down. And then because Alison Roman went after basically the queen of Twitter, Chrissy herself got involved and it got really messy. Tegan tweeted that it was all a bummer and that she and Roman should unfollow each other. And then Roman tried to patch things up. But a tweet response to Roman accused her of even more shade, to which Tegan responded, good to know. So now Chrissy's taking a break from Twitter. And honestly, we all should be right now during this (sighs) pandemic. But woo! That was like the most intense bout of Twitter drama that I've seen in such a minute. Like such a focus, like cyclone of people in such a small and closed like bubble that somehow escaped though and spread to the rest of like the internet. Like what I thought was going to be a very like localized, no one will care about this thing. Suddenly everyone knew about. Right, exactly. And I even, I was a part of like a lot of like, um, text threads yesterday where it was just like some of my friends were like, wait, who's Alison Roman? Should I know her? Because they didn't find out about her until Chrissy Teigen started tweeting about her. Because, you know, if mm-hmm. if you're on Twitter, you see Chrissy Teigen at least at one point. Uh, one of the most true things I've ever seen tweeted is every day on Twitter, there is a main character and you never want to be that person. <laughs> and Alison Roman found herself the main character of Twitter. So woof. All right, when we come back, we've got Jane Litvinenko with us to talk about a whole different kind of internet terrible. Stay right there. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support support you're not getting from your current sports bra it's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market it's time to feel real support from SheFit. save ten dollars today at shefit.com slash 2022 this is roxanne gay host of the roxanne gay agenda the bad feminist podcast of your dreams now what is the roxanne gay agenda you might ask well It's a podcast where I'm going to speak my mind about what's on my mind, and that could be anything. Every week, I will be in conversation with an interesting person who has something to say. We're going to talk about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. I start each show with a recommendation. Really, I'm just going to share with you a movie or a book or maybe some music or a comedy set, something that I really want you to be aware of and maybe engage with as well. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, The Bad Feminist Podcast of Your Dreams, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What grows in the forest? 
Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Nonsense going viral online is nothing new. But in the last few years, it's gone from an annoying email from your uncle to videos that can cause riots and help spread a plague. That was highlighted last week in a video called Plandemic that popped up in way too many of our feeds. To explain why that video took off and why it was so dangerous, we have BuzzFeed News disinformation reporter Jane Lipvinenko. Hello, Jane. Hi, thank you for having me. This pandemic video has been taken down a lot of places. So for people who didn't see it, what was it about? So this video, it's quite interesting, um, started out as this sort of 30-minute YouTube video that showed itself as if it were a documentary, but really was made by a private production company that isn't associated with any news organization. And it's uh, shot in an interview style. And And Judy Mikowitz, who's featured prominently, is interviewed by a man named Mickey Willis. And in the video, she makes a few different claims. The first thing, the most important thing that she does is she paints herself as a whistleblower who has worked for Fauci. And essentially, the video goes on to pull together a lot of conspiratorial threads that we've already been looking at. So this is things like not wearing a mask uh, or going outside will help protect you from the virus, which is false. It has pulled in a lot of the Bill Gates conspiracy theories that we've seen and presented them as fact when they're not. But most importantly, it also warned people against yet uninvented coronavirus vaccines, essentially painting them as malicious, even though we don't have a vaccine for the coronavirus yet. Okay, so this is the voice of that woman you just mentioned, Judy Mikovits, the main person featured in the video. Because if we don't stop this now, we can not only forget our republic and our freedom, but we can forget humanity because we'll be killed by this agenda. Is that a name we should have known before this? And what was that she was saying? She said something about a cover-up in this video, and I could not follow it. <laughs> well, you're not alone. ProPublica has called up the people in the video, and when Mickey Willis was asked what the point of the video was, he sort of didn't really have a straight answer. But no, Judy Mikowitz is not somebody that we should have known about previously. She has had a very interesting career. Her previous claim to fame was a paper that she published on the chronic fatigue syndrome in the journal Science, which is a a fairly big deal in the academic community. What was also a big deal is that her paper got retracted, something that rarely happens. The paper got retracted because it was found that she was 
essentially contaminating samples after she took them, making it look like her findings were organic when really they weren't. And no other scientists were able to replicate her findings. So in the midst of this controversy in 2011, she lost her job. She was briefly jailed because she allegedly stole lab equipment and notebooks. She countersued her former employer, but that didn't go anywhere because she failed to provide documentation by deadline. And since about 2014, when she wrote her first book titled Plague, she's been really making the rounds in communities that deny vaccination science, going to a lot of those conferences. Her book has been blurbed and endorsed by other people in that sphere. But if you're a person who hasn't paid much attention to those communities, you would never have known her name. Okay, well, that is a truly wild rap sheet. Um, So this video was really well produced. What do we know about the people that actually made it? Right. So it was made by the man who is interviewing her in the video, Mickey Willis. And Willis has had a couple of brushes with virality before. If you remember a few years ago, there was a heartwarming video of a dad who bought his son an Ariel doll that got viral. And uh, he also helped produce a documentary on the Covington School student controversy. So he's been producing videos and documentaries and viral content for some time now. So a lot of his videos look very well produced. And that's very true of Plandemic. You know, um, it, it looks like it could be a sit down interview on cable television, which is really part of the danger of this thing. So how long did it, though, take for this video to get taken down? And is there any chance that it will stay down, that it won't just pop back up? So this video was really tricky for social media companies because the word pandemic actually precedes the video. It was sort of memed on social media beforehand. And then the video was uploaded to YouTube. And as various researchers, but in particular, Aaron Gallagher, who really dug into the data on this one, showed it was popularized through Facebook groups. And this is a flow of information that we've previously seen. So it took a day or two for social media networks to act. And it's not just YouTube and Facebook that have had to act. Vimeo also pulled down all versions of this video. Plandemic eventually became very difficult to search on Twitter after it already became a trending topic. We've also seen versions of Plandemic being uploaded to LinkedIn of all places. So (laughs) it was was quite ubiquitous. And uh, of course, as is always the problem with mis and disinformation, it is like playing whack-a-mole. Some versions of this video can still be found in various places online, despite uh, widespread debunks. Other videos talking about this video can also be found online. So it's a real imperfect system when social media networks sort of enact these large takedowns. How are people supposed to tell what's real when someone they're supposed to believe is telling them these things? You know, that is really, really tricky. YouTube videos, Facebook Live videos, what have you, a lot of them feature people who sort of bolster their credentials or sometimes sort of misrepresent their credentials. We sometimes see people wearing 
slacks or doctor's coats who might not necessarily be doing that work in the emergency rooms. And it is really, really tricky to tell the difference between a real expert and an expert who might be using the coronavirus for self-promotion. For most people, I think the best advice would be to just search any claims that you find dubious. Every fact checker in the world is on the same story right now. But also go to your local news organizations for that coverage. I mean, if there is a whistleblower, that is going to get widespread coverage across media spectrums. So sort of steering yourself away from the online information environment and maybe going directly to news websites or to feeds of reporters you trust is sort of the most surefire way to get good information about this stuff. So last thing, there this weekend, there was footage going around of Australians chanting, arrest Bill Gates. Is that at all related to this video, or is that some other terrible rabbit hole? (laughs) So it's really tricky to tell. Bill Gates was certainly a topic of conversation in this video, but he was also a topic of conversation before this. The Bill Gates conspiracy theories, although they have been floating around here and there before the pandemic, um, really, really blew up with the pandemic after he did a Reddit AMA that got blown out of proportion. And uh, it was once again YouTube videos and these sort of dubious posts on websites that don't have news credentials that have really popularized a lot of conspiracies about him. And the conspiracies have been so deeply varied. You know, it's everything from Bill Gates is quite literally the Antichrist is a video that I watched the other day to Bill Gates wants to inject microchips through vaccines. Not possible. We just do not have that technology. Um, Maybe you don't. <laughs> Listen, don't start this. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> to like Bill Gates, uh, you know, unleash the coronavirus on the global population, which of course we have no evidence for. So he has really become a very popularized target with the pandemic. And it's really difficult to say whether it's the previous conspiracies that led to those chants or the pandemic movie itself, because we really can't divorce one from the other. Well, Jane, thank you for talking us through this wild pandemic video. And thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Please don't share junk on the internet. It's time for The List, because if you know BuzzFeed at all, you know how much we love lists. And today we're looking at four ways Little Richard defined our 90s childhoods. Little Richard died this weekend at the age of 87 after being a performer since the 1950s. But for people our age, we were lucky enough to have some really solid memories of him popping up all over the place. Number one, when he had a cameo on Full House, he played the uncle of Michelle's friend Denise and brought the house down with this performance. Number two, when he covered the Itsy Bitsy Spider and somehow turned it into one of the most intense songs ever. Number three, when the radio in the movie The Brave Little Toaster used his classic Tutti Fruity as a motivator. 
Because the master bebop blaster of all time is going to give you a soul injection. And number four, his never to be top vocals in the Magic School Bus theme song. Surfing on the sound wave, swinging through the stars. Yeah. Take a left at your intestine. Pick your second life at Mars on the Magic School Bus. Alligator Nostrum. I'm on the Magic School Bus. Classics all. Bops all. Every single one of them. Like, my God, I was singing all of them in my head this entire time. It's just iconic, every single performance. The Itsy Bitsy Spider one, I especially, like, remember, like, playing on the Disney Channel a bunch. Is like, when they had random, like, music videos pop up during the commercials. And I I learned while researching this list that he did that as part of a fundraiser for kids with AIDS back in the early 90s. So who knew that, that out of that we got that classic banger? Oh, yeah. I was thinking the whole time, like every time when I was like, no, this is my favorite. No, this one's my favorite. I like couldn't pick one. At first, I thought it was the Full House one because I vividly remember watching that episode. Mm -hmm. Like I remember her uncle like hardcore. (laughs) And I love that storyline. But I I literally don't think anything can top the Magic School Bus theme song. Like that's like a freaking banging theme song. (laughs) Truly is. Um, And I found out the backstory was actually really just... They were figuring out the theme song, and one of the people involved in the production said, why don't we get Little Richard to do this? Uh, after some other rock star said, nah, this isn't really fit for me. And he just said yes, and they just banged out in like three hours of recording. And thanks to that, we have a classic that will be with us for all time. Uh, all time. Well, if you've got a favorite Little Richard memory, we would love to know about it. Send an email to newsaclock, all one word, at buzzfeed.com and you can either write down your brilliant opinion or, even better, record it as a voice memo and send it to us. That's newsaclock at buzzfeed.com or DM us on Twitter. We're also at News O'Clock there. Okay, we have time for one more thing. Now, Hayes, I'm not normally a betting person, like I'm really not, but I am willing to bet a lot of money that if I play you a clip from a commercial that went viral recently, you cannot guess what it's an ad for. All right, game on. I am pretty good at this game. Uh, give me a clip. Let me let me take let me hear. <laughs> All right, take a listen. I think if you look around at so many of the technologies that are available today, there's so many brilliant female minds that are behind it. A lot of times when people think about our worlds, you think that all the knowledge has already been acquired or how can you further it? But that's when inventors come into play. Um, I'm going to go ahead and Lego. Is it a Lego commercial? Because that's what it sounds like it should be. Nope, nope, no Legos. No building of Legos. Uh, Play-Doh. How about nope. that? Nope. Wrong. Wrong again. Connects. Mm, uh, Connects or Erector Sets or either. Is it anything like that? No, you are very wrong. Let me just play you another clip for more context, okay? Okay. It's important to imagine things that don't exist yet because you see the possibility for things to happen. You kind of let your brain be free. Who knows? Maybe you can actually make it something real. Um, I don't know I, if it's not for any of the, is it a car commercial? Maybe is it that? Nope. Nope. You're very wrong still. Uh, okay. Uh, let's swing for the fences then. Amazon. It's an Amazon commercial. <laughs> no, but also a very good guess. Uh. <laughs> no. 
Okay, give me one more clip. I can do this. You cannot, but here we go. I'm 13 years old, and my invention helps detect lead in drinking water. My name is Sophia. I'm 16 years old, and I'm working on an invention to detect sinkholes before they collapse. Uh, okay, um, last guess. State Farm Insurance. That's what this is for. Okay, no, but do you want to know what it is for real this time? Yes, please. It's an ad for a new version of Monopoly called Ms. Monopoly. What? I don't want to call you a fucking liar, but it sounds like you're a fucking liar, Casey. (laughs) I am not. This commercial originally went up last year, but made the rounds again on Twitter last week. And it differs from regular Monopoly how. Okay, well, in this version, women start off with more money than men and then collect $240 instead of $200 when passing go. Oh, I see. Of course. (laughs) How silly of me. And... And instead of buying properties, you invest in inventions by women. I'm so glad that we don't have to worry about equal pay in real life anymore because Monopoly has fixed it. Thank you, Hasbro. Feminism has succeeded. Hasbro will be changing its name to Hasfem from now on. And we fixed it now. We're done. <laughs> oh, this is just all so ridiculous. It's just like no one asked for it. No one needed this. It's not necessary. No, it isn't. And I I I just who whose idea was this? I just want to know. Reveal yourself. Come forward and we won't we won't be mad at you. We just want to talk. <laughs> okay, I do want to admit something. Yes. And what I want to admit is that I cried while I watched the video. No. Oh, Casey. But Hayes, Hayes, I want right now, I want Monopoly to know that that is no feat at all. I cry at literally every commercial. So don't even think that you got me. I mean, I got really happy. They do give money to these girls who have inventions and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's what we should be doing. Not creating Ms. Monopoly, just investing in women creating inventions and so the only way i'm in support of this game is if the profits go to women in science uh and that's the tea on that that's it for today join us tomorrow for tuesday it's the worst of days and remember if you see a pandemic in the wild back away slowly and call the proper authorities observe it safely from a distance until it's deleted entirely be sure to subscribe to news o'clock on the iHeartRadio app apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories and please take the time to leave us a rating and a review it helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show and tell all your friends then set your alarm so you never miss an episode of news o'clock Look through your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Give us your attention. We need everything you got fast. Waiting on reparations. We be the illest podcast. Tune in every Thursday. Politics and wordplay. We fight for the people because they got us in the worst way. From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye. From the left enclave to what the neocons say. Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation. And break us off with some bread because we waiting on reparations. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
the NFL Podcast Network is your home for all things football. Do you love hearing analysis around the league with a touch of mirth? Or maybe you enjoy breaking down X's and O's in the college scouting scene. Do you breathe, sleep, and eat fantasy football? Perhaps you love the funny headlines that emerge each week. What if you want in-depth news coverage with reporters? Or what if you want to know exactly how each team got its name? Well, you're in luck because the NFL Podcast Network has a show for everybody. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.